I'm Jennifer Isabella, your host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the major changes in the market influencing executive priorities. In today's episode, we're going to hear a conversation that took place at our Technology and Innovation Forum last fall. In this session, Goran Kukic, Chief Innovation Technology Officer at Nestle, discusses the firm's tech-driven innovation strategy with Forrester's Vice President of Research Products, Doug Washburn. If you want to learn more about this year's technology and innovation event, visit forcom slash TI2021. That's forrcom slash TI2021. Let's take a listen. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening from wherever you are tuning in. We are all here today at the Forrester Technology and Innovation Forum. And what better way to tie this all together than a session about tech-driven innovation in practice? My name is Doug Washburn. I will be the host. Uh, I'm the Vice President of Research Products at Forrester, and I am joined by our very special guest, Goran Kukic, who is the Chief Innovation Technology Officer at Nestle. We are going to cover a tremendous amount in the next 20 minutes or so throughout the session, but if but, but just think of this as really boiling down to, to giving you inspiration on how to push the technology-driven agenda uh, as it relates to innovation at your organization, but also getting practical advice from someone who's done it. So without any other further ado, I would like to introduce Goran Kukic and get started with our first question, which is really around purpose. So Goran, tell the audience, what does it mean to be the Chief Innovation Technology Officer at Nestle? Uh, hi, Doug. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. Uh, pleasure to talk about innovation, especially tech innovation. I'm very passionate about the topic and uh, any opportunity to share uh, how this journey looked so far is, uh, is, uh, is very exciting to me. So uh, what, what I always like to point out is there's a, there's a difference in between an innovation officer or responsible for innovation or, or a CTO or whatever you want to call it in a tech company versus a, a food and beverage company. Uh, and there's that difference that uh, how do you bring innovation and how do you work on innovation, especially tech-driven innovation in this kind of, of setup. Uh, Nestle, as uh, as biggest uh, FMCG company in the world, has a huge, huge organization around uh, around food and creating new foods and creating new beverages. But it is slightly different when you look into how it looks from the technology perspective. The way we have set up our team and uh, is that we have three main purposes or three main driving drivers that we use to help uh, the larger community. Uh, those are uh, going through inspiration and how can we inspire the organization to be better in innovation and to be more courageous in doing innovation. The second one is through advisory and consulting and understanding what are the, how the new and novel technologies, how do they impact our brands, how do they impact our markets, how do they impact their factories and, uh, and tell them, well, this might work, this probably won't work, but really help them understand where they should focus their efforts. And the last one is really around uh, concept development and piloting and understanding how can you drive uh, innovation through tests, through a series of 
smaller test, applying lean startup, applying uh, design thinking, but go through, make small bets, generate data around innovation, and then only when you generate sufficient amount of, of data telling you if something is going to work or not, then you go to the next step and, and you double down on your on your investment. So, Goran, of those three, I'd like to dive into two of them. I think your first comment, one of the, the purposes and sort of services you bring is inspiration to the to the organization around what what might be possible? Uh, tell yeah. us what you mean by that. You know, how have you done that? What have you found to be effective to open the eyes uh, of either your peers, the business leaders across Nestle? Yes. So uh, I, I've been in this role uh, as a, as a responsible for any IT innovation for now for close to three years. Before that, I was responsible for innovation in a, in a consumer space only. So. We've obviously done things well because the role expanded over time, but the beginnings were not that easy. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a great anecdote uh, that this this whole innovation outpost in which I'm located now in, in San Francisco, it happened because one of my colleagues followed her boyfriend that was doing her PhD at Berkeley. So she moved into, into Bay Area to follow him and convinced the organization that she should profit from the fact that she's here and start looking and understanding how the innovation model with startups, with VCs work and see if there is any value for Nestle. After she had been here for six months, uh, Nestle added another resource and uh, both of them on the marketing side. And I joined as a, as a third person sometimes in January 2016 to look how to scale this up and make this better. The, the number one tool that we had, going back to inspiration, was at the very beginning, it was tech tourism. And, and we have fancy, fancy names for it, and we call them uh, innovation immersions, and, uh, and, and they are what they are. Like, you, you would bring somebody from, from the corporate headquarters, you'd bring them into the Bay Area. And, and for them, this is the first time probably first time ever in, in, in Silicon Valley, first time that they're being exposed to, to, to this innovation ecosystem. And then usually they leave very, very energized and happy and excited with full of ideas where, because they're seeing things in the, in the new way for the, for the first time ever. And, and we've used that shamelessly from, from the very beginning. And, uh, and uh, at this point in time, we had every single executive board member has come to visit our center, and where what we like to brag about our final confirmation was when actually our entire executive board came over to San Francisco uh, last year uh, for the first time ever, non for executive board meeting, and uh, and since then that that unlocked a lot of uh, a lot of funding, that unlocked a lot of support, uh, that unlocked uh, a lot of understanding of what we actually do and how that brings value. And that obviously over time evolved. And now we're at the point where uh, uh, we obviously do a lot of webinars. We uh, do a lot of position papers of how certain technologies will impact us. We, uh, we write strategic position papers. We write strategic recommendations uh, around technologies or, or simply around new, new trends that are being born out of, uh, uh, out of the Silicon Valley. Well, I love it. And I think that 
you know, the, the snowball effect from someone on a whim moving to the Bay Area to then having the board make their way there shows the, the power and I think some of the good well you've done. I, I think your comment, though, about the energy ideas is super exciting. So tell us a couple things you're working on right now. You mentioned one of the third services that you spent a lot of time on bringing to the organization is concepts and pilots. So what are a couple ideas that you're working on now that give you and, and the company some energy? Sure. So uh, I, I have a few examples and, and I'll, I'll try to touch on them. But um, uh, what we've learned around over the time is that because we are here and because we are exposed to so many new tech and to so many new startups, which some of them do have brilliant ideas, some of them believe they have brilliant ideas, but just having that inspiration and understanding what they're trying to achieve and then translating that into the context of our company and of our brands already has a value in itself. So and a good example is that we, we believed in, in AR and VR or, or any immersive technology from, from the very beginning. And, and, and we always believe that that kind of um, uh, technology will eventually find its proper place in the, in the, in the industry. And we obviously explored many scenarios from augmented packaging to, uh, to learning and training and so on and so on. But a good example is what we've done with AR in, in what we call technical assistance. So we have a huge number of factories around the globe and those factories are when they get in trouble or where the output of the product is not as the way that it should be, is they would reach out to the R&D organization and the R&D organization would be the one who would then go and help them, I say, debug the factory. It's, as I said, it's called technical assistance. So when, when the pandemic struck, we were totally 100% ready. We had so much knowledge on, uh, around AR and VR. We had so much understanding of all, the, of all the landscape of which companies are mature, which companies have what kind of offering. So in matters of weeks, we launched what we called an AR technical assistance, where we allowed all the R&D personnel to continue supporting and fixing factories and and help them in, in fine-tuning anything there, uh, around the product without traveling. So that was, a, for us, a great example where a systematic investment over, over a period of time, what at, the, at that point looked as, are you sure you're not looking too far away? Uh, aren't we supposed to wait a bit longer until it becomes more mature or, or something? And then we jump on that ship, which in this case would be an utter total failure if we haven't been ready the, the way the way we were. Uh, the second example is that um, we, all, we, we look a lot in trends, as I mentioned, and, and there's a lot around last mile delivery. There's a lot around uh, even trends like drones or, or, um, or uh, autonomous vehicles, which, which will eventually have an impact on how people have their food delivered, how they buy for groceries, how do they cook and, and how do they consume consume their food. So obviously this is of interest, it has an impact on us. Um, so there's also a, a rise in, in, um, in nutritional personalized coaching. And one of the products that we launched is called Within. And it's nutritional uh, personalized nutritional coaching platform that we have launched with a, with a startup. 
and uh, and it is actually available now. And if you check, it's called Within, and it helps you to set up your personal health goals, and then it helps you create your personalized meal plan and uh, making sure you stay healthy, and then you stick to your uh, to your goals and to to reach your objectives while obviously staying healthy. Uh, which for me is a perfect example where we would leverage the nutritional knowledge that Nestle as a biggest food and beverage company in the world would have and then translate that into a new service that you will you want to monetize on and open a new revenue stream uh, revenue stream through that. Right, which I think is a very interesting element to tech driven innovation for you is that it opens up new lines of service and business models, not necessarily a, a new product, as, 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 you, as you touched on earlier. You did hit on something, your first example around AR, the pandemic, um, which we are all still living through. I, I would be curious, you know, what, what effect did the pandemic and truthfully just broader unrest, uncertainty have on, on your innovation agenda? Did it, accelerate things, make it easier, make it harder. Tell us a little bit about what you've sort of been going through over the last, geez, depending, I guess, where you are, you know, where where we are in the world, you know, seven months to maybe even longer. I I brought an example of AR, VR, and and in this case, this was clearly an acceleration in terms of uh, pandemic worked in our favor to push out piece of technology that we had and felt ready for for uh uh for a big game but but were lacking support and uh and understanding of people to to really be pushed to a point where they have to use it uh we had other scenarios where it didn't work into our advantage we we were with a lot of examples in supply chain and we have a lot of uh, innovation that are in the manufacturing space where luckily, uh, and I'm very much aware that the situation has not been as favorable for everybody in the industry, but being in a food and beverage and people being locked at home got to more people buying food and, and more people consuming food at home. And, and we also see a spike in, in pet adoption, which translated into a higher, uh, pet food sales. So, so all of that worked good, but. Now, if you want to go into a warehouse or if you want to go into a factory and you want to pilot something, you want to test something, it would be very, very difficult to get the, to get the, the proper attention. Uh, it would be very difficult to convince somebody and say, hey, we really, really need to look into this space because disruption is coming because, uh, you know, we'll be more efficient or we'll be better or will be faster because they are, their mindset is we are manufacturing a lot and there is no time to slip now. There is no time to reduce uh, the production. There is no, we don't want to take the additional risk at this point in time because the, the throughput is, is significant and you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to risk it. And, and a completely other side of the spectrum with, with this project within, which is open for the, for the, for the customers. And, and we were in a full on, I mean, we still are in a full on acquisition mode. Uh, how do you compete 
uh, on on social platforms? How do you compete on Facebook and Instagrams and Googles and so on? How do you buy ad space to attract people into into your platform? Well, uh, we are hit by by U.S. elections. Uh, U.S. elections at this point in time purchasing such a huge amount of of advertising space that despite the fact that it's not at all the same category and it's not at all competing, but it's still buying that space and it became very, very difficult to come through uh, in that in that reality. So uh, some things worked well, some things uh, did not, but I would very rather be in this position okay. than the other way. Wow, yeah. That last point too, I mean, not just mind share, but literally the spend <laughs> to to get advertising increased significantly in this moment in time. Well, yeah. okay. Uh, I, I want to try something on and, and you do not have to agree with this. So what I'm going to put up on the slide is Forrester's definition of tech-driven innovation. And I'm going to read this. <laughs> And I want you to be thinking, Goran, like, is this me? Like, I read this and I think I think about you. But, but here's the definition, you know, especially for everyone sort of listening along. An advanced discipline of rapid technology experimentation that applies rigor, resources, and customer insight to find, prepare for, and commercialize disruptive technology-fueled change. So again, I read that and thought, this is Goran. This is this is what other leaders like you who are in a similar position are trying to do. But I I would be curious. I have to ask, you know, and, and I didn't write it so I could take it back to the research community. Do we get this right? And, you, you know, what parts of this resonate with you and maybe what doesn't when you think about how tech driven innovation is being applied uh, at Nestle? Sure. Uh, so. I, I am very much aware of Forrester's definition of tech-driven and tech-led, and I have shamelessly used them uh, uh, over the period of time to explain the difference. And I slightly touched on that, that in a food and beverage company, technology-led is significantly different than technology-driven. So I majority of the things that we do is technology-driven. Uh, the, and, and I'm also fully, very much aware that not everybody would be in exactly the same level of maturity and the same way, same spot in their journey in, in doing the innovation. Uh, in where we are, in where I see myself here, I really think that the keywords in this definition are advanced discipline. Why am I talking about advanced discipline? Is because Maybe three or four years ago, when people were thinking about innovation, they would think about design thinking. Okay, that was that was a, a synonym for innovation. Do we do innovation? Oh yes, we do. We do innovation and design thinking. So almost any project we do, well, we start with design thinking. Now we put the consumer in the middle. Like, oh great, <laughs> haven't you done yes. that before? But great, now the consumer's in the middle. Great. Then that evolved into oh, but now we do lean startup. Excellent. So. So all of that is good. Far from I'm, I'm not arguing to say this is this is bad in any way. But for me, the keyword is advanced discipline because you're going away from sporadic uh, pockets of innovation. You're going from ha somebody having a good idea 
in in a factory in a in a remote market or location you're going towards that you have developed a system you have developed a a, a process that is all capturing across all the levels of organization where you know how to it, mm. how to spot a trend how to align that trend with your strategy and out of that decide this is something that you want to pursue and this is something that you do not want to pursue and the things that you want to pursue that you have a structured process which would probably be lean startup how you're going to minimize your investment and how you're going to do your minimal viable product to generate sufficient data to say is this a good direction or is this not a good direction so really going away from sporadic uh pockets of innovation to advanced discipline of having a overarching company-wide uh, innovation mechanism okay. that allows you to 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 cover the whole the whole value chain okay very good so we, we were we were partly on there but I, I like the nuance and double down on on the advanced discipline so in sort of the last part of our our, our journey here Goran, it'd be really helpful if you could sort of leave on a final note of, of advice. You know, when you think about others that might be in your shoes from several years ago, um, or are, are maybe in a mature place like you are today, what advice would you give to help other peers like you in various industries push the boundaries and help their organization think about tech-driven innovation and even, I think you use the word like self-disruption? You know, what, you know, just sort of moving the ball forward. I'll leave it to you for sort of the final thoughts. So, uh, my one of my favorite things, and and uh, and I had uh, many many discussions in my company around this is uh, is the location. So, uh, I'm working for a Swiss company. I'm all of my peer, uh, major, large large majority of my peers is based in Switzerland. Uh, entire leadership of the company is based in Switzerland. Uh, I get to have a very different perspective on things just because I happen to be in a significantly different location than, than all of them. So uh, sitting in, in San Francisco, being in Bay Area, being immersed into, into innovation ecosystem of the Bay and having that disruptive mindset and have, seeing what's going on around in the, in the innovation and in the tech world, and bringing that knowledge back to the company, having that different perspective always worked very, very well for me. And, um, and, uh, you definitely get a lot of cool points. You definitely get a new perspective and, uh, and you have, a you can truly contribute and diversify the, the thinking of the, of leadership of my leadership team of the leadership team of of uh, of uh, of the CIO in which I sit and also in the in the perspective for the whole for the whole company and I don't think that would be possible if if I would be anywhere else so if you have a chance well, open innovation there will always be value in it that's my advice well I look forward to keeping in touch on this because as, as the world starts to open back up that will become a, another reality. But I think you, as you explained, there's a lot of ways to keep keep this innovation going even in, in a time like we're in now. So we'll follow up to see 
how you maintain this in a sort of digital virtual culture. But for for the, the audience, thank you again. We hope you found value in particular. Goran, thank you for your contribution to the session and uh, your many sort of words of wisdom and thoughts to help others think about how to how to lead a, a tech-driven agenda. Thank you. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to Forrester's What It Means podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. To continue the conversation, follow Forrester on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.